All men dream, but not equally. Those who dream by night, in the dusty recesses of their minds, wake in the day to find that it was vanity. But the dreamers of the day are dangerous men, for they may act their dream with open eyes to make it possible. This I did. And here we go. It's the comic, 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 comic book bullies. Man, you come right out of a comic book. Welcome back to the Comic Book Bullies with Nurse New Bully. I'm your host, Leroy, a.k.a. Dewey Decimal, uh, with my co-host. Uh, yeah, this is Eli, a.k.a. Sick Boy. There we go. Don't <laughs> With the way February is going, one of us will be sick, but don't. that's okay. We, hey, we're like, I, I, almo- I almost said, fuck it. Let's can't, or I was like, let's do it tomorrow or something. But there was a man, COVID, Leroy had COVID and did a show, so I can't bitch <laughs> out and... You know, I can't have, I can't be old man softballs. I better get my shit together. <laughs> it's not a pissing contest. If you can't make it, you can't make it, you know. But I, I took my cold medicine. I got my cough drops. If I sneeze or I have to fucking blow my nose, I'll get off camera. So, you know, I'm yeah. a gentleman. I won't expose I'm, you to all I'm, of that shit. <laughs> I'm glad you're dedicated. Don't worry, I will back up. I, it's funny that, you know, when I told my mama I had COVID, I could see her backing up on FaceTime. <laughs> you know, like, oh shit, get away from me, you know. <laughs> But yeah, but uh, I'm glad you're true for Eli. It, hey, if you can't make it, just let us know. We're just going to just power through this. Luckily it's not COVID. You, it, it, and I tested negative for COVID, so it's not COVID. It's just a shitty cold, which I haven't had in two years because I haven't been around anybody. <laughs> cold? They still have those? <laughs> yeah. I was like, damn, I, I forgot what it's like to have a fucking cold. God damn, it sucks. You know, can, we kind of just forgot that it kind of just check mark everything just COVID. Gunshot won't COVID, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, praying for everybody in Ukraine. Like I said, we're not going to talk too much about that because we're not that type of podcast. And plus, I really don't know what the hell's going on over there. There's no some really fucked up shit going on, and I won't get drafted because I'm too old. So, uh, how much is the pl- on the plate talk about tonight? Oh, actually, a lot. But that's the thing. Even though Eli is sick and he's still here, it's mainly going to be me talking. So if you don't like that. Sucks to be you. Because <laughs> mainly gonna be me. But we're just gonna just jump into it. Cause first thing we want to do, like I said, to technically today, Eli, is the last month of February. So that also means it's the last month of Black History Month. Now, for those that have been keeping up, you know, like I said, I've been doing my little part in trying to keep up with Black History Month, just doing my little thing where I just do like little tidbits of you know, black hit black comic book characters. We're talking about Moonlight. Uh no, we're not because Eli Bandit. <laughs> so oh, blame him. <laughs> Uh yeah, Eli is the the star of the podcast though. He is, he is. But hey, sometimes I, I got to come off the bench, you know, and and, and pinch it, you know. Yeah, so, but yeah, but like I said, this is Black History Month, the last month, and every, every and it's been going pretty good. Appreciate everybody's been following us on Facebook. That's been you know reading us little tidbits and you know challenging us on the stuff we did wrong. But I promise you, everything that is put in there is correct. <laughs> so whatever you read from Wiki, if it contradicts what I said, it's wrong. 
Uh, but what? There's black superheroes. What the fuck? <laughs> right. But there is one black superhero, Eli, that came under fire. That I don't know. We might need to have a conversation about it. Uh, we might need to do a racial draft. Uh, okay. because the thing is, yeah, because and and this black superhero that we had under fire that people you had a lot of Wolverine. Well, that, that's that's on you. That, <laughs> that's on you. Wolverine is not black at any, but he has some some comic book storylines that you know might be one of your cousins. But the one thing we're going to talk about is Bishop from the X Men. Really going to talk about Bishop from the X Men because a lot of people had contention about whether or not he even qualifies as a black superhero. Well, right there, he don't look like. He looks he exactly. Looks like, that's that's he looks Italian saying. there. Well, that's the thing. I mean, he got the long flowing hair stuff like that. But the thing is, like I said, when they made. You know, I always thought about bitch like, is he black? I mean, he's dark skin, definitely dark skin, definitely a lot of melanin right there. But is he black? But it doesn't matter because the moment they put Bishop on screen, black people just took him like he's ours now. Give it to us. You know, like look at the uh, days of past. He was adapted. And look at the, you know, he got dreads now, <laughs> you know, so he, he's definitely black. I'm kind of jealous, you know, uh, because of the long flowing locks. But why? Because I know that's fake. So I shouldn't be you know, insecure about that. Uh, just last you know, a couple of years ago, you had Mythic Man cosplaying as him, you know. So you got all these black actors like, oh, I want to be Bishop. I want to be Bishop, you know. So before anybody gave us get their hands on him to debate whether or not he's black or not, everybody just, just jumped on him. They're like, didn't waste any time. Uh, like I said, black cosplayers all over Atlanta, you know, just dressing up as Bishop. But the thing is, the reason we're debating whether or not Bishop is even black or not, because Bishop isn't African-American. He's actually Aboriginal Australian. Oh. Oh, no well, shit. Yeah, what, what, what were you about to say? I, I was going to say he's not African-American. Is he African-African? <laughs> well, that's the thing. He's not even Sub-Saharan African. So that's the thing, Eli. Uh, I almost feel like on behalf of the black community, I might owe you an apology. Is he you know? BIPOC? <laughs> yes, he. whatever he is, he's BIPOC. He's BIPOC <laughs> Bishop. That's what he is. <laughs> Uh, I, I think we might need it. I'm not going to explain what BIPOC is. You're just going to just, if you think it's some freaky shit, just go with it. Who cares? Well, Aboriginals uh, of Australia are considered in, indigenous. Well, they indigenous, are indigenous. Exactly. That's yeah. what an Aboriginal Australian looks like. Now, if you go back and look at Bishop, he looks closer to that than he does Method Man. You know, uh, if you want to get another, like you've seen Crocodile Dundee, there he is. Yeah. So that's where Gateway, I mean, uh, that's where Bishop comes from because they already said that he's like the, descent of Gateway, who is, you know, from an Aboriginal Australian tribe. Um, let me take your mouth shut. You're not who? You're not Kapachi? Uh, All right. What up, Donnie? Do you know him? No. <laughs> oh, oh, what up, Donnie? <laughs> Appreciate you. Thanks for Appreciate listening. You talking about yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, but yeah, so that's the thing. So we don't know if, but that, that's what we got to talk about is Aboriginal Australians, you know, black or sub-Saharan African or whatever like that. We, we know that indigenous to Australia. Well, I don't know if it's a derogatory term, but I think they, they refer to themselves as black fellas in Australia. Like, like I've heard, like I've heard that in like pop culture. Yeah. Um, and I think I've heard them call, well, I didn't, I think I might've heard somebody call them black. So they refer themselves as black, even though they might not have African roots or they may do, but it's just not, you know, like a hundred percent African roots, you know? Uh, or like I say, Eli, they might be a combination of both of us. Like if we do like a, a fusion dance, we'll be Bishop. <laughs> you know, just I never like knew the rock. that. I, I thought he like was the, black. 
I yeah, that's like we just we just assume that you know we just assume he was black, but I always like there's something else going on with that. But they confirm he's Aboriginal Australian, but that's where we get into the term of whether or not that qualifies as black. So, like I said, I'm pretty sure there are other people out there that know way more about this than I do. If we have any Aboriginal Australian listeners, <laughs> I'm pretty sure we don't. But tune in, you know, and definitely, you know. You know, so give he us then he is BIPOC. He's black and indigenous. What, whatever he is, he is BIPOC. But Bishop <laughs> is BIPOC. But people were debating whether or not he, he should qualify as a black TV role. But I never knew Marvel. That. Yeah, but, every day. yeah, but here's the thing, Eli. That was back in the 90s. You watch Bishop in the, in the like 2020 comics. He's got dreads. He's got like a, a cut fade, you know. <laughs> so like every other rap out there. So it's like, I don't know, did he phase it out or something? I don't, I don't know, you know. It may or may yeah. not be a part of his history, but that's what it is right now. But when he was originally that, that's what it was. So that's that's Bishop. So uh, Eli, when it's time for you know Indigenous Superhero Month, there you go. I just threw your bone. There you go. I can claim. I can claim uh, Bishop. You know, I never, I never knew Forge was uh, native to like way later. I always thought he was like, like Zorro, like Spanish, like Tony or Stark or some yeah, shit. Yeah, you know, I didn't Italian. know that. Yeah, I didn't know. Hey, that, I'm Forge. <laughs> Oh, uh, so Arak, do you remember Arak, Son of Thunder? He's like a I don't think, Conan I don't rip think so. He's like a Conan ripoff. I was when I was a kid, I was reading him. Uh, he's just like a barbarian dude fighting monsters in like a fantasy realm. And I, I used to read him as a kid. I didn't learn out till like a till I was like an adult. I I learned that he was supposed to be a native, like a native barbarian, you know. And then I went back. Oh yeah, he was wearing buckskin and loincloth. But then so did Conan. Conan was wearing loincloths and shit. So, but yeah, he had a mohawk. I was like, no, sh- oh, I guess he was, he was native. You know, there's all kinds of like characters that are supposed to be native that I never know about. Like Rambo. Like Rambo or uh, <laughs> Darkness. Was his name Jackie or not Jackie? Or was that the, uh, the Darkness? Is he? Or or is it Ian Ian Nottingham from uh, Witchblade? I think it was Ian Nottingham. I, he, I guess for some reason he's native and Japanese because he's in the Yakuza, Yakuza and shit. I don't know. But for some reason, one of them guys, either Jackie or Ian are supposed to be native for some reason. You know, I don't know. Cool. Did, did yeah. not know that. Okay. Um, well, that being said, let's move on next to the part podcast. I just want to just knock that out. You know, like I said, it's the last day we're talking about that. Oh, and also later on in the podcast, uh, if we make it that far, if you let them drop out on me, we're going to do a review of John Stewart's first uh, appearance. Ch- trust me, you want to check that out. Uh, let's move on past that. So, like I said, next thing we're going to do, we're going to talk about the, uh, we're going to bring back a classic, Eli. We're going to talk about the box office numbers. So, give it to me. What is the number one movie of the week? Is it uh, Borderlands or Borderlands? Borderlands. What the fuck am I talking about? <laughs> fucking video game movie. <laughs> it's a video game. Well, actually, actually, you, you, you're correct. You're correct. But we're going to say, let's just say it was a Tom Harding movie. Right. <laughs> because Tom Harding has been just killing it. Ever since, uh, let me see where is it. Yeah, ever since December, he has been number one at the box office. And it's not slowing down anytime soon. So, yes, at first, Spider-Man was number one at the box office. Now we have Uncharted number one at the box office. All Tom Holland movies. It is great to be Tom Holland right now. You know, if you want to wake up and be somebody. I'm pretty sure that guy has sold his soul to the devil. We just don't know about it. That's why he looks fucking 12. He may be 38. We don't know that, you know. But anyway, we got Uncharted. We got Dog. Just throw Dog in the title. People are going to go see it, so just whatever. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, Death of the Nile. I'm not going to see that in the theaters. I'll watch that when it comes to whatever. 
uh, just like 355 came out like this week on Peacock. Peacock had everything. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Point is, Tom Holland is taking over the world. Uh, what do we got here? Uh, and Batman come out next week. Yes. So Tom Holland is living it up until next week. Because after the, the gravy train, biscuit wheels, it, it, it ends now. <laughs> and so Batman he runs up. takes over. Until packing this, all he's gonna be your favorite. You like I see right now, he's be your favorite Batman. You, you shit, <laughs> you're shitting on him now. You're shitting on him now. You'd be like, oh, I gotta go back and watch every <laughs> Robert Pattinson <laughs> movie ever, every Twilight movie ever. I gotta marathon it. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah. So like I said, if oh, who we got here, uh, the Uncharted movie really did feel like MCU style Indiana Jones movie. I was yeah, uh, six one six. But I was like, how, how did you know what I was gonna talk about? But I forgot. I, that's the title of the podcast. So. Appreciate you for reminding me. So, yeah, let's talk about the uh, Uncharted movie. Uh, Eli, you didn't get a chance to see it, did you? I didn't expect no. you to. I okay, never even so played a game. So that's how much what I know about this shit. Blasphemous. I know, anyway. man. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's the thing about, okay, so you got one person that hadn't seen the games or even seen the movie, and you had one person that had seen the movie and played all the games. Yes, I have played all the games actually multiple times. So that's the thing about these reviewers out right now. A lot of these reviewers uh, aren't giving you their opinion of it or the opinion that they know from the game. They're just going, oh, I didn't play the game, but I'm just reviewing it as a movie. Well, I can do both because we're like semi kind of reviewers on here. You know, they kind of just do stuff. So, yeah, we're going to talk about it. Uh, first thing I want to talk about, what do I think about the game? And if you what do I think about the movie? And if you look at the review, you see exactly what I thought about the movie. Basically, the movie is if you take Indiana Jones and you put it through a filter of a Marvel movie, that's Uncharted. Take that however you want to take it, but that's what it is. Uh, so like it, Indiana Jones for millennials. Basically, that's what it is. Yeah, but it... Because like millennials said, not, don't go to movies. They ain't gonna, the new Indiana Jones movie is coming out. Then not, No one's going to give a shit. But they play video games. Yeah, right. But at the same time, Harrison Ford is like 90. Or whatever he is, so yeah, that's another reason people are not going to see that. Oh, uh, yeah, I heard hardcore gamers fans hate it. Like I said, I'm a hardcore fan. Now I just straight up tell you what I think. It. I didn't hate the movie. I didn't hate it. Uh, even looking, I'm looking at it two lens, looking at it from the video game and looking at it from the movie. I, I didn't hate it either way. Now I will say this: you do have to squint your eyes if you know the lore of the game, if you know the game, if you have expectations what you're expecting, because there are some changes on there. I'm going to just jump into it, see what we got here. Let's first thing, let's so talk about So his mom's not in it? What the fuck? Right. Or his mom <laughs> is in it. What the fuck? You know? <laughs> you know? But the thing is, we'll talk about uh, Tom Holland. How did Tom Holland do as Nathan Drake? Okay. First things first. He was miscasted. Bottom line. He was miscasted. But he was trying. So you got to give him credit for trying. He was trying. He did do the research. He actually did do enough. I feel like he did do enough research where he differentiated differentiated uh, himself made himself different <laughs> from, from Peter Parker, like I said. And that was just like three months ago when we saw that. So it does feel like a, a different character he's playing than Peter Parker. Is it Nathan Drake? No. Uh, probably probably more Mission Impossible Tom Cruise than anything else. But that's neither here nor there. The point is, he's trying. And the thing is, if you squint your eyes, he looks like a younger Nathan Drake. You know? I can see it coming because the whole thing about the movie is that he's supposed to be playing a young naked Drake, but I don't know how well they pull that off. Uh, who's better, Uncharted or Indiana Jones? Uh, you talking about movie or, or or Tomb Raider or game or? Well, it depends who you ask. It's a I generational thing. 
uh, some of the most adaptation. It feels like an alternate reality. So yeah, you gotta look at like alternate reality. But the thing is, you can pick. There's worse casting choices than Tom Holland. So overall, when it's all said and done, even though Tom Holland isn't the Nathan Drake that I expected Nathan Drake to be, he was okay. He, I feel like he carried the movie. He pulled off the role. He was enough to warrant, you know, as far as like pulling off action stuff like that. I think he nailed it. I think he did what he was paid to do. That being said, the problem movie is this fucker right here, Mark Wahlberg. Mark Mark Wahlberg, I think every single criticism everybody has about this movie is solely based on Marky Mark. Because Marky Mark is not playing Sully, who is the character he's supposed to be playing. He's playing Marky Mark. What the fuck? He didn't even bother. He just showed up. Vibrations, Marky Mark? Yeah, that guy, uh, yeah. Haynes, underwear, bugle boy, whatever. Yeah, really in the Right, not Victor Goddamn Sullivan like you expect in the game. Uh, I feel like alternate version. Yeah. So that's the main problem in the movie. But if that was all Marky Mark was doing was just playing Marky Mark, and that was his biggest scene in the movie, that'd be one thing. But the problem is that's not his biggest scene in the movie. His biggest scene in the movie is that he wasn't playing Sully, who is Nate's mentor. In the game, he felt like he's playing Nate's contemporary. Look at these fuckers. You barely can tell them apart. They're like playing the younger version and the older version of the same guy. Which technically a movie Looper. (laughs) Yeah, like Looper. Because the thing is, I'm gonna just leave this up for a second because the thing is, Tom Holland is too young to play Nathan Drake, and Mark Wahlberg is too young to play Sully. But the thing is, the reason Mark Wahlberg is in this movie is because they've been playing an Uncharted game, a movie for 10 years, and 10 years ago. He had the role, but the movie took so long, he aged out, but he's still in the movie. So he's not, so he's more playing, not the mentor character. He's like, he's playing just older Drake. So you got these two guys just running around acting like the same damn guy. Like, so you, you're fucking up the movie. Like, what, what the hell are you doing? So it's not playing like a mentor role with the student role and bringing him in. He, Mark Wahlberg is playing like a buddy cop movie. And that is not how you play Uncharted. You got to lean back and just let the new guy take over sometimes. It almost feels, I'm going to use a basketball analogy. It feels like Allen Iverson in his last years when he didn't want to come off the bench. He still wants to start. But you don't have any legs anymore. You can't play defense. You're still six foot. You didn't have no jump shot. Come off the bench. No, he still wants to start. Not an all-star anymore, uh, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Uh, Uncharted has been development for the game hadn't been on 20 years. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, there's a little room for there's a little more Marky Mark. So that's the thing. So the biggest criticism of this movie is Marky Mark. But if you can make it past Marky Mark, uh, you know, hang in there. Uh another now the third person in the game we all movie we also have is Chloe Frazier. Now the thing about Chloe Frazier is that out of everybody in this movie, she's the one that revenge uh looks like her video game counterpart the closest. You know, you look at her, you're like, oh, yeah, that's Chloe Frazier, you know. Uh, so you can see that. Um, and basically, she's doing the same thing that she does and what you expect. She's playing the femme fatale. You know, she's playing the, the character that always screws Drake over. Uh, they have sexual tension. Why does Drake always, bring, you know, trust her even though he knows he's going to screw her over? Reasons. You know, uh, don't worry. Her ass does not look like that in the, in the movie. So, uh, but at the same time, Eli, it kind of brings me back to what you were saying about, not you were saying it, but I think one of those, you know, uh, directors was criticizing these Marvel movies about that they're, they're not sexy. That's the thing about these movies, they're not sexy. Now, don't worry. Don't worry, Eli. Oh, they don't have sex? Take, well, it's not, that, it's not that they don't have sex. It's that they're not sexy. You, if, if you know what I mean? 
Okay, so the thing is on these games, well, not the movies, but the thing is they're saying that they just feel sterile. Like, for instance, now, don't get me wrong, Tom Holland, he takes his shirt off. You know, he, he's bulked up since Spider-Man. He's, it's, it's all there, you know. But it's not sexy. Now, when you look at the game, you know, and I'm not saying I want Tom Holland to be sexy, but the thing is the game has sex appeal. Like, even the games went there where, you know, they had this little thing right here. So you expecting this scene to be like that in the movie where, you know, uh, Tom Holland and, and the chick playing Chloe supposed to do like some, some sexy freaky deaky shit while they're really trying to screw each other over. They never go there. They're scared to go there. The, the movies feel sterile. And I'm not going to make that a criticism on Charlie because it's criticism of pretty much every movie nowadays. Like when we grew up, Eli, we grew up in the 80s, PG-13 movies. We saw tits, all kind of shit. We, you know. I watched the original Swamp Thing movie directed by Wes Craven the other day. Yeah. PG, 1982, Adrian Barbeau. Pow. Just <laughs> nips. Just nips. You know, there's, a fi- there's like a five-minute scene where she's just skinny dipping in the swamp. Why she's right. taking a bath in the swamp, who knows, but titties. They were right. all out. PG. And that was a ki- and that was a kid's Nipples. movie. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was, a nip- it was PG. <laughs> Meanwhile, this is a PG-13 movie. Now, I'm not saying I want, you know, Tom Holland to, you know, whip his, you know, whatever out and, you know, dangling in front of the camera. I'm not asking that. I'm just saying I want the movies to be more sexier, you know, steamier. Not so sterile like they are right now. Like I said, we got Scarlett, uh, Scarlett Johansson in these Marvel movies, but she's just, Scarlett Johansson, she doesn't really do anything sexy. You know, they're trying not to objectify her. Well, and I get they're not yeah, trying to... because if, the, if, if it's, yeah, then then it's misogynistic and it's... Right, and I think that's what they're trying to do. Like yeah, you said, the male gaze and there's a bunch of think pieces from the Guardian and... To, and, and, know, and I think they're nice trying shit. to... This is what happens when men make movies and all that horse shit. So. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot of Me Too shit going on, so they're trying to go out their way to make sure they don't hit those beats. So I, I get it, I guess. But, I mean, that... You can still make movies sexy. That's all I'm saying. But they're not going there. They're trying to make them as sterile as possible. When the the video games went there, but the movies not as good to it. And on top of that, not only are they sterile uh, sex wise, they're sterile violence wise. Because the main difference between Nathan Drake in the movie versus Nathan Drake in the game is that Nathan Drake in the game is a sociopath. He's a straight up psychopath. He murders like hundreds of people just a game. But you don't think about it because it's like back in the '80s when Indiana Jones just. I think uh, Temple of Doom, I think Indiana Jones had like a body count of like 80 people in that movie. It's nuts. It's crazy. And that was PG. <laughs> they were just you know. nameless, faceless minorities. <laughs> right. You just kill them and just move on. You know, but Chopping and, the and bridge then, in half and they all fall. And, and they just all die. Like, it's, it's crazy. His body count. And nuts. Like that movie. Or the Nazis the high... in the other movie. They're all Nazis, you know. <laughs> yeah, but they're just brown people in another yeah. movie. He's like, yeah. fuck them. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like Schwarzenegger, you know, Commando. They're just nameless, faceless enemies. Same thing with John Wick. You know, we don't give a shit. We're not like, oh, my yeah. God, he killed that poor guy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right, you just run through them and they say, but at the same time, like you know, Terminator and all the movies that are rated. But when you look at a PG 13 movie like this, you know, you expect people to get mowed down and stuff, but it doesn't happen. Uh, Tom Holland only uses a gun once at the end, empties the clip, doesn't hit anybody. I'm like, well, you would have died five seconds in the game, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so you, you actually had to come with it. And that's things. And another thing about this Uncharted movie, and I'm, I'm about to wrap this up, but I just want to say that, that it's a weird movie to make because it's a movie that's uh, adapting a game that was adapting a movie. I'll give you an example. Okay, I'm going to see if I can get away with this. I can flag. But the thing is, you know, they take the scene from this. We've already seen it. It's like the money shot 
in the trailer where you know where he does the thing where he hops from it from the airplane. That's like, like that. Uh, that the ending of was it the Living Daylights? From it was like, like right, and I'm getting to that. But they ri- actually ripped it off from the game. It's actually exactly like it was in Uncharted Three, uh, Drake's Deception or whatever it was like that. But like it's, it's like you said, <laughs> like, they ripped that off from the Living Daylights. So you're ripping uh, the movie is ripping off a game that's ripping off a movie. <laughs> so it's like what? What the hell? So that's why when the movie finally came out, I hear a lot of critics are saying that the movie is derivative. The movie is taken from a lot of places. Well, of course it's supposed to, because the game took from a lot of places. You know, and that's how it is. Uh, but I do feel like the game had better acting. I do feel like the acting, they were playing it too comical, not really going there. There should have been some emotional scenes in the movie that should have went there, but they didn't go there. But the game like really goes there. Like you feel more emotion for Polygon didn't ones and zero binary characters then you do like real life action people you know they really go there so i'm just like what what is missing that's why i'm thinking like okay the uncharted movie is fine but that's all it is it's fine why isn't it better people say the uncharted games are some of the best games of all time so why isn't the movies you know closer to that level why is it just disposable marvel nonsense you know on that level and i feel like it should be better i feel like it could have been there but it didn't. It was like I was almost afraid to go there. It was playing it too safe. Now I will give the movie some credit. Uh, the third act is fucking nuts. They just like throw all logic out the window. The the movie at the end is basically the final scene is two pirate ships in the air and they're having like a pirate of the Caribbean fight between Drake and the other pirates and shit like that. It doesn't make no fucking sense, but it doesn't in matter. The air. In the air, it's nuts, but it's awesome because it's just like. Screw logic. This shit is fun. And that's like if the movie would have had more fun and more creativity, stuff like that, I think the movie actually would have had a higher score. But I feel like it was playing it too safe. And it was just like, let's just crank out an Uncharted movie and just see how it is done. Uh, ruin. Yes. And that's the thing. Uh, Marky Mark was trying to play uh, his Sully character. That's how he played the Mark, Mark Payne character. It's like in Marky Mark's head, it's just like, oh, I'm in a video game movie. Well, I don't have to do anything. I'm going to just collect the check and just move on. Not knowing that, no, 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 we're trying to actually make a good movie here. We're, we're, we're well, trying well, to Max make a good Payne movie. Max Payne had shitty action. I mean, right. acting sucked too. Yo, you saw someone say, yeah, the third act was insane. The third act, I was like, the, when I got to the first, second act, I was like, this movie is okay. The third act, like, oh, okay, this shit is nuts, you know. Uh, and that's why, that's why I gave the movie even better points than what it did before. So, like I said, this movie has been number one for the last two weeks. Uh, critics hate it. Audience pretty much love it. Uh, I think it's fun to just bash this movie, but honestly, I feel like if we just take it in video game terms, video game movie terms, it's one of the better video game movies out there. I think we're on the train. We got Detective Pikachu, which is one of the better movies. Sonic the Hedgehog, which I, in my opinion, is still the best video game movie of all time. Uh, so we're not getting, you know, Super Mario Brothers or Double Dragon or any shit like that. I think we're we're done. We're we're past that. We're in the range where we're moving the needle with video game movies. Still not classic stuff still not you know burning needles uh uh in a crest city yeah i'll talk about that jake this a video game movies are on they're on a the rise they, they're getting better that's when people are trash this movie i'm like no nah, this they're getting better with these movies it was sequel bait i'm pissed off because marky mark only wanted to do the sully mustache at the very end I'm like eh, what the fuck man so um yeah that's how i got so I'm, I'm gonna give a score i'm gonna give a score the movie is a 3.5 out of 5 like i said it is a Good movie, entertaining movie. You won't remember it. If you don't know anything about the games, you can be like, eh, 
I mean, it feels like a movie I've seen before, but it feels like a younger, hipper, marvelized version of Indiana Jones. Well, you know, we had that, that gritty real shit when we grew up. You know, it's not that, you know, so. Well, I think that's the thing. It's a, it's a generational thing. Like, you know, we grew up going to the movies. You know, video games weren't that advanced when we were kids. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we had to go to the movies. We had to watch, like, Commando and Indiana Jones and shit. And nowadays, kids, like I said, they don't go to the movies much. And, you know, so they play video games. So, And that's yeah. the thing. I feel like these interactive, uh, I feel like the games, when they have these stories like and interactive, I feel like they have more engaging interaction than these movies. I'm not talking about, like, Schindler's List and not not them. I'm talking about, like, the, the, the popcorn blockbuster shit we get nowadays, those movies. Yeah. I feel like like people like I, I was talking about the Uncharted, you know, movie online game review and people's like, you know what? I never played anything about Uncharted. I think I go see the movie. No, don't go play the game because <laughs> it's better. You get the same experience, but a better experience and more immersive, engaging experience. And it's longer. You know, you might as well do that because I feel like you're going to get a more more engaged experience from the video game with the movies. I feel like for the most part, video games have surpassed these movies. I'll even tell you, like, the Guardians of the Galaxy video game that I was playing. I feel like it's a better movie than the, the two Marvel movies that we got. I really do feel that. You know, uh, who else we got that? Well, most of the, the, like, the DC games, like, are way better than... And, Injustice? They haven't <laughs> made anything better than Injustice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So if they go there, and I can just, you can just watch those cutscenes on YouTube, like, and, and they feel cinematic. They're acting like, why aren't they putting more energy into this, you know? So that's why I feel like this. So I feel like the movie is fine. People are bashing it, but I think they bash for the wrong reason. It don't need to be bashed, you know. Uh, but at the same time, it's not anything to write home about also. If you, just, if you go to the movies, you will get your money's worth. You will be entertained, you know, bottom line of that. But it's nothing you'll just, you know, hold near and dear to your heart and watch five times or shit like that. No, it's not that type of movie. But people bashing it, you're just jumping, you're just jumping on the bandwagon. That's all I feel like, you know. Uh, Think I've talked enough about that. I think we can move on. I don't know what we're doing on time. Then they're making injustice. And oh, that shit suck. Thank you, Jake. You're proving my point. <laughs> because yes, they made an injustice cartoon that was based on the injustice video game. And the video game is awesome. The comic is awesome. But the cartoon sucked. And Zack Snyder was doing everything he could to try to adapt that injustice shit. That's why I'm almost glad they just canceled that shit. You know. Uh, like no more evil Superman, man. We get it. Evil Superman is a thing. We don't need to have it a thing anymore. So yeah, moving on past that. Mm. Let's transition to the video game section. I'm not gonna spend too much time on this. I'm gonna just briefly talk about this. Something that caught my attention. I was like, oh, we gotta talk about this because um, for anybody that been following the podcast, you know how I feel about Evo. Evo is like my big thing that I always check. It's like my Super Bowl. I will sit there. I will take off work. And watch that shit all day. But they put out a press statement uh, this year about how what's going to happen to Evo. And apparently Super Smash Brothers is not coming to Evo this year. And I was just like, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Get that shit out of here. Uh, because the thing is, not that they have a problem with Super Smash Brothers, but they bring an element with them. I hate to sound like that guy, but they bring an element with them. The get off my lawn guy? Yeah, I'm that guy. I hate to be that guy, but I'm that guy. Uh, because the thing is... The Smash, because the thing is, Smash Brothers is so big and so huge. Like they get more viewers on Evo in their in their tournament than the rest of the games in Evo all together combined. Like it's pretty much just Smash Brothers and it's everything else. 
And me personally, I don't give a shit about Smash Brothers. I don't care about Smash Brothers. I don't care about the people that play Smash Brothers. If you play Smash Brothers and you listen to the podcast, you're awesome. You're the exception. Everybody else, fuck them. Because <laughs> the, the thing is, now I don't know if you heard about this, but it's weird. They said that they had to shut some Smash Brothers tournaments down because they said the body odor in the tournaments was so bad they had to shut it down because people show up not bathed, not deodorant, because that's the type of crowd they are. <laughs> like I said, I hate to stereotype people, but that's the crowd they are. I'm like, we don't need this shit, man. <laughs> Get your ass out of here. Oh, uh, what it got? Injustice, Snyderverse. Yeah, but in Snyderverse was trying to create injustice. Uh, yeah, so that's my thing. So that's all I'm going to talk about. So I'm glad uh, Smash is out of there. But at the same time, the fighting game community kind of needs Smash because nobody else watches anything but Smash, even though they bring all these, you know, five-year-olds and 12-year-olds to watch this shit. But that's where we are now. So we'll see how it goes. This might be the last good Evo we had. Smash weird fuck with some. That too, I, honestly, 616, man, I heard about it, but I was not going to talk about it. But yes, that shit too. They're weird. They're just weird. That's all I'm going to say about that. Oh, uh, let's move on past that. Can we move on past that, Eli? Can we talk about the comic books? Sure. Cool. How about the comic books? Okay, like I said, it's comic book bullies. We'll be talking about the comic books. And Eli, I think you got more books than me, so I'm going to let you go first. Oh, I, I don't know how you talk. can talk. I got to talk now. I know you You just, I've been going. I've just been going. <laughs> <clears throat> no, I'm letting my, I got my cough dropping. I was trying to get my throat to rest though. But okay, we can go. <laughs> oh, shit. I didn't want to have you choke anything like that. <laughs> um. Well, I'll, I'll do Ghost Rider number one. How about okay. That? How about Ooh, that? Okay. Um, so this is, uh, hold on, let me get the screen up. So this is a new uh, Ghost Rider book. Is it uh, Chip Sadarsky? Not Chip Sadarsky. Uh, Benjamin Percy? Is it? He's the one got it? Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is a new... Uh, it's it's Johnny Blaze. I know that bike there kind of looks like Danny Ketch's, uh, you know, crotch rocket. But, um, but this is Johnny Blaze. He is kind of a mystery. He kind of, he's, you know, we, we're, we're kind of like, he's got, he's like married and sorry, this damn comicsology navigation sucks again. So I'm just going to fuck it, go off the top. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're struggling. Y'all, y'all have no idea. We are struggling, but yeah. Um, basically he's, he's married. He's got kids. He's living, he's uh, living in some town. He had a motorcycle accident and he had like a head injury, he had surgery, and he's going to therapy. And he keeps having these hallucinations of demons and shit. You know, the therapist is like telling him there's no such thing as monsters, but something is afoot. You kind of know is, is he having a dream? Is he in purgatory? We don't know. Um, and then at the end, it is revealed that, yeah, he's in some kind of limbo or something. And he remembers that he was the ghost rider and at the end he gets the spirit of vengeance and he's i remember i'm ghost Rider now and that's kind of where it ends but it's it's kind of a mystery at the at first you know what's going on you know he, he's having these hallucinations seeing demons and um yeah so it's kind of unfolding like a mystery and i dug on it you know i'm a ghost Rider fan i thought it was cool the art is dope um it's very long though it's like a double issue it's like 40, 50 pages. Like the first page is at the gate, really? Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, it was, it was cool. It was cool. Uh, you know, I'm going to check out the next issue. Um, but yeah, it's just him remembering what's happening. What's been going on. What, where, how did he get to this point? We don't know, but he did remember, oh yeah, I'm Johnny blaze, you know, and he gets the ghost rider back into him. And then he goes riding off into the night. You know? So is, is it a one shot or no, no. Okay. It's uh, something, something's going to happen. Some, the, the next, the next issues, you know, and the art is cool. There's got, you know, some really cool body horror, you know, demon shit. You know, there's a, I don't know if she's a somebody, but there's like an FBI agent who is an ex shield who worked for shield. Uh, what's her name? What's this chick's name? Agent, Ta- agent Talia Warroad. Ever heard of her? Nope. I've never heard of her. Well, she, she sounds, like, she sounds she's, new. She's like a goth chick. She looks got, it looks like they're trying to rip off, uh, something is killing the children. You know, she's like an X-File, uh, supernatural agent that works for like, you know, you know, like an X-File was like, a, you know, the, you know, somebody who investigated the occult. That's what she's like. And she's the end here to investigate some strange things going afoot. Um, and she seems to know that there's something going on with hell or whatever. And, uh, and, and investigating whatever happens, whatever, whatever's going on, you know? So there, there, there's that little subplot, but yeah, that kind of reminded me of like the house of slaughter or something is killing the children. She kind of looks like Erica slaughter and, you know, um, this goth chick, you know, with black mascara, you know, uh, yeah, fighting monsters and shit, I guess. But yeah, it, it was cool. Art was cool. And um, I, I can't navigate for shit on this. Okay, here we go. But but yeah, I, four out of five. You know, it's Ghost Rider. Pretty cool. Cool. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see what 616 Man got. Is a book, uh, finally, the Johnny Blaze version. People want Johnny Blaze back. I, I feel like if Johnny Blaze is back, they must be planning something. Yeah, it, is, it, is, it yeah. is Johnny Blaze. Um, he's not as cheesy. He's been kind of cheesy lately. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But uh, but no, it's it, this is this seems like a straight up like supernatural gritty horror, you know. Like it had some really sweet creature designs, you know. So I thought that was pretty cool. He's having hallucinations, like you know, the, the painting is a monster, and it's it's pretty cool. I, I I was digging on it, you know. But yeah, it is Johnny Blaze, you know. Um, people are, you know, how many ghosts we got? Cosmic Ghost Rider and Danny Ketch, I think, is the definitive. Yeah, that's well, the thing. Everybody, he... <laughs> every, yeah, everybody says that Johnny Blaze is their favorite Ghost Rider, but really, Danny Ketch is their favorite Ghost Rider because all the cool shit that Ghost Rider ever did, yeah, was in the Danny Ketch run. Yeah, Danny Ketch you know? is the one who came up with the the pen and stare and pen and stare and all those powers the, the crotch that, that rocket and yeah. yeah, all the powers that we know that Ghost Rider has was from Danny Ketch. But yeah, yeah. Ghost Johnny Blaze was the original. Ghost. Actually, there was another. wasn't he, Wasn't there like a cowboy phantom rider? Yeah, like yeah. But, but he, yeah, he Johnny didn't have. He didn't have power. I think he was just a dude just wore all white. He'd be like KKK yeah. or some shit. You know, just rode around and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Four out of five. It's it's Johnny Blaze's back. You know, so Johnny Blaze ain't a damn thing change. Okay, cool. <laughs> all right. So yeah, what we're gonna do now? We're gonna talk about Dark Ages number five. 
Perfect number five. We didn't have a couple going on with this. This is a Tom Taylor. Uh, like I said, Tom Taylor shines his brightest when he is outside of continuity. They just do whatever the hell he wants to because he was the mastermind behind the whole Injustice comics, and he just went nuts with that shit. So, yeah, Donnie Cage, get Ghost Rider franchise, everything. Yeah, Donnie Ca Donnie Ca Danny Cage is the Ghost Rider. Everybody's favorite Ghost Rider. They just don't know his favorite. Yeah. Just like it, with the – yeah. Well, yeah, it, it, read the Howard Mackey Ghost Rider run. That's Eli, we're going to have to review that one day. We're going to have to review that run. It's dope. Day. That's where we're going to have know, to sit that, down and just yeah. break that son bitch down. Just that's got you know the Midnight Suns and Blade and you know Lilith and all that demon shit from uh, the supernatural Marvel shit. That's that's Ghost Rider. And look, you know, that was my doing, shit. He was just doing cool shit in it. He was just doing just fucking awesome shit in it. That's what. And the art, the art was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's it's almost like uh, just like Danny catches you really your favorite Ghost Rider. Just like the Flash, Wally West is really your favorite Flash, not Barry Allen, because all the cool shit that you think Barry Allen did, it came from Wally West. The Speed Force came from Wally West, and they just re retroactively did all this shit later on. You know, when Barry Allen came back from from dead thirty years later, you know, you talking about the Speed Force, he like Speed Force, what's that? You like so, yeah, that'll tell you right there. So, time to do it. Okay, Dark Ages number five. Okay, this is the penultimate issue this is the issue before you know everything goes tits up so <clears throat> comicsology you some bitch let's see let's see if we can make this thing work I'm, I'm gonna try something different Eli let's see if it works okay so the thing is they're burying you can't see it because it's too fucking small but the point is <laughs> they're burying Nick Fury <laughs> they're in Europe they're burying Nick Fury they go there and then all of a sudden Deadpool shows up just out of nowhere they're like yo what y'all doing and then, and then honey badge is like wait don't don't start with that shit Wait, what y'all doing? Y'all like somebody died. Somebody did die. Nick Fury. You're like, oh. And then he, you know, acts all serious and shit like that. Like, okay, let's mourn him and stuff like that. So then we cut to Apocalypse doing Apocalypse shit. Uh, Tony Stark has apparently been possessed by the Purple Man. And basically what they're trying to do is trying to put Apocalypse into that celestial god's body in the in the center of the universe. They're trying to put him in there, you know. Um, and they're thinking once they do that, then Apocalypse would just, you know, rule everything. You know, because he's apocalypse. Um, don't really care what's going on with that. We just bypass that. Boom. Uh, okay, then we go to this. this. So apparently, you know, Mayday and her name may not be Mayday, but I'm going to call her Mayday. Mayday and Danielle Cage, they snuck a board on them. You know, Peter's getting mad at the gal that did that. That was wrong. You got to do that. And then Dr. Doom is just listening to the conversation. He was like, you know what? Uh, your, your child may have not been, you know, disciplined enough to pay attention to you. Because obviously she needs an authority figure in her life stronger than you. But because of her insolence, she said her warning saved us, you know. And Spider-Man's turn around, like, you know what, dude, fuck you. I don't need parental advice, you know, from Dr. Doom, you know. Uh, but then Jessica Jones is like, you know what, we might need to bring the kids with us when we go do whatever we need to do. So that's when Deadpool does his Deadpool shit. They ride in a steam bus or whatever, and they just ride off. Um then they, they stop by a campfire because since there's no lights on the bus because it's powered by steam, they got to stop somewhere. So they stop. And I guess uh, Honey Badger, like, smells something. But she smells something, but she doesn't smell something. She like, something is hunting us. So if something's hunting us, Blaze is like, well, let's hunt the hunted. You know, so they do their thing. They don't know where it's coming from. But then all of a sudden, hunt, nah. Oh, damn. Who gets, who gets stabbed? Not Honey Badger. The sister. Like Laura. Oh, Laura? Yeah, Laura, Laura gets stabbed. Yeah, Laura gets stabbed. Uh, they don't know about what. They like they can't smell it. They can't sense it. Nothing. But the thing is, 
uh, Spider-Man can't sense it either. Like, he know I can feel it, but I can't sense it. So any Spider-Man fan knows that worth their salt knows what that means. If Spider-Man can't sense it, that means it's a symbiote, you know. So then a symbiote pops out of nowhere, but it's a, you know, I'm going to try to get you over here. So it's a Venom Carnage symbiote combo that pops out of nowhere and just attacks everybody. And it's coming for, you know, uh, Moon Girl. But Devil Dinosaur jumps in the way, you know, and stops it from attacking her, you know. Um, but then Devil Dinosaur eats it, throws it away, stuff like that while they're doing that. But anyway, cut to the end. Pepper Potts is just like, oh, it's a Venom thing? Okay, I got firepower, so we know that hurts Venom. So then they attack him. Uh, moving on past that, we got Storm doing her Storm shit. She just like, move out the way. I'm about to light, light that ass up because, you know, that hurts Venom. So then they burn all the Venom off the, the host. And what they see is just a naked black dude there. So who is a naked black dude? Peter Parker walks over like Miles. Miles Morales. Oh, he was yeah. The, yeah, the Venom symbiote carnage combo. And he just got him. And then Miles is like, uh, Pete, I know everything. Those, those symbiotes told me everything's going on. I know how Apocalypse is going to end the world to be concluded. And that's going to be the end of the story. So, yeah. So, like I said, Apocalypse is trying to put his mind in that God's body. So I guess it's going to destroy the world like that. But yeah, so Miles Morales was a carnage vintage symbiote. I'm pretty sure they said that in another story and another issue of this, but that's a pretty cool story. So like I said, Tom Taylor is kind of ramping up because after he's done with this story, I think he's done with Marvel. I think he signed an exclusive deal with DC. So that's going to be it for that. So uh, yeah, Fortify. I want to see how it concludes. I want to see how it wraps this whole thing up. So yeah. Um, what you got, Neil? Um, should I do... Shang-Chi. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Let's let's bitch about Comicsology some more. Uh, because mm-hmm. Comicsology is so fucked, I didn't know Shang-Chi came out because there's no list of books that came out. It's just like, you just got to know. Comicsology is so fucked up that when I was looking for, like, uh, what was I looking for? Like, Superman, you know, 1016 or some shit like that. I accidentally clicked some shit and went to, like, uh, Mindy Cayley's self-help book that came out last week. Like, what the fuck they got to do with Superman? You know, I want to read no men's health shit with uh, Tom Holland. I don't want to read that shit. They just, the, the the site is so fucked up. You don't know what's going on. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure did. What do we got here? Uh, Venom Carnage, Miles, new cosplay. Somebody's gonna do it. Somebody's gonna do it. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is the new arc. Um, so basically, there's that thing with the. Uh, where his grandfather kidnapped his mom and took him back he, to that took 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 her back to that uh that that, that mystical realm that's in the movie yeah, yeah. and um so shang chi and his the sisters are meeting with the grandfather and he rolls up they have a they have a battle but then he takes out um this like uh bronze bowl and then like takes the blood his own blood and puts it in the bowl and conjures up these like monster uh dog things called what are they called tau tas they're in movies they're in like a, a good, those those like deep those dog lions combo things kind of thing kind of like that so i think they're in shang chi the movie yeah and they're in other movies they've been in like i think it like uh Kung Fu Panda, I think. Yeah, like, or if you like go to like a Chinese restaurant, they're like outside, like the like statues of them, like outside. Yeah, yeah or like yeah, like a lion dog thing. But anyways, so they have a fight with these things, and it turns out that you know 
the blood it's going after all the because the, the grandfather cut his blood and put it on the the uh the the bronze mask thing those monsters are after the blood of those ancestors so shang chi and his sisters so they have to fight them and these things can multiply they're like they have a battle with these things they can't seem to get rid of it then finally he he's Shang-Chi smears his blood on both of their masks and they start fighting each other. And that's kind of how they kind of get rid of them. And then there's some shit where they're in Hawaii and some gang members rob some elderly couple. But then one of those monsters starts attacking one of the gang members. And it turns out, well, those monsters are attacking people with Shang-Chi's bloodline. So obviously this gang member is related or an ancestor of Shang-Chi's somehow. But he's got like 50 or 100 brothers and sisters. So Yeah, yeah. So um, so anyways, we go back to, uh, what's his name? Brother Saber? Is that his name? The brother? The Bro- brother, the, that, the brother that betrayed up, him. Yeah, the brother that he, uh, who who's being held by S.H.I.E.L.D. now. Yeah. Who's in that prison or whatever. Who's in the raft or whatever. It shows him in in the prison, and um, and then in the mirror, one of those monsters shows up in the mirror and is trying to break through the mirror. Oh shit! And that's where it ends. So because it's going after everybody with the bloodline. So yeah, so pretty cool. I had fun with it. A lot of action. You know, again dipping into, you know, that whole Chinese legends with the monsters <clears throat> and stuff. I thought was cool. So yeah, I get a four out of five. Cool. Okay. Damn, I'm, I'm I'm mad I didn't get that book, but I'm glad you got it. That's that's why it's two of us. <laughs> One man doesn't have to carry the load. So yeah, uh, yeah. I think the book we're gonna do now is what is it? Oh yeah, I'm surprised you didn't get read this. Eli, uh, Aquaman number one. I thought about it. I was eyeing it. I know it's like a new an Aquaman event is gonna happen. Yeah, like a crossover Aquaman I, thing. I, I, right I, I, I might go back and read it because I was looking at that. Yeah, because it takes all the Aquaman story that's going on, like Aqua Lad, Aquaman, Black Manta. Yeah, isn't it, it like him and Black? Isn't it Black him and Black Man that's like teaming up or some shit? Yeah, I mean it's at the end of the story, but yeah, spoiler okay. alert. <laughs> yeah, but that's what it is. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so let's just jump into it. Let's see what we got here. So yeah, so basically what it is, uh, Aqua it's Aquaman, it's Aquaman. So and you got Aqua Baby flying, uh, swimming in the background and shit, you know. Um, but yeah, what do we got? Let's see what we start off with. Basically, we are in Manhattan. Uh, and we're really going to, we're at the UN. Can't see it because, like I said, for comicsology. Anyway, and they're being attacked by. About, and bitching about comicsology, they, you can't preview the book anymore. You know? Oh, you, you can. You can. Really? Yeah, you can. They actually give you seven pages now. Oh. Yeah. I, I didn't, I can't, like, usually you can click on it and it has, like, a, a few pages preview. Like, that doesn't pop up for me, anyways. Yeah, yeah, that's a, as a matter of fact, when, when it's done, I'll send you a link. If anybody else want to know about it, mer- message me personally, I'll send you a link. But that's about the only thing you can do that's that's good on it now. Uh, where were we? Okay. So, yeah, some kind of sea monster, Loch Ness monster, whatever like that, getting attacked by the UN. Uh, and it's Ocean Master attacking. He goes in, he was like, I want the ambassador of uh, Atlantis. I want her now. And he's got these fish creatures. That's not the Reach, is it? I don't think it's no, the Reach. No, no. Okay. Oh, the They're just big. The trench, yeah, no. so many DC monsters, but yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, yeah, but okay. So he's holding the UN hostage. He's got the Atlantis uh, ambassador, and 
yeah, that's when you got over here the Aquaman going after him. You know, authors, you know, telling Jackson, who do you want? You want the man or you want the monster? Like, give me the monster. I want a challenge, you know. So Jackson goes after the, the, the big monster thing, and Arthur goes after his brother Orm, you know. He's just like, uh, Orm, don't kill me. Don't call me Orm. My name is Ocean Master. You know, it's like that. And Orm, cut that shit out, you know. Uh, and then he puts it down. He's like, hey, hello, brother. You know, that whole Thor Loki shit. They do that whole thing. Anyway, there's a whole nother thing going on in Berkeley, Ohio. Berkeley, Ohio, whatever it is. Some dude with pink eye say he can't go to work. <laughs> uh, that was me like last week. <laughs> no, I mean, a month ago when, when I was sick. Yeah, that was me. Went to the strip uh, club. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, the gift that keeps on giving <laughs> anyway what are we talking about uh yeah so black manna is um watching the whole thing on his cell phone he's got like a black manna cell phone like apple doesn't make that maybe a cover maybe it's covered yeah uh anyway he's getting dinner in paris france and he sees some dude freaks out um and he right before he kills his date Black man to stop some because he he I guess he figured that his date was gonna freak out you know we're gonna pass that we got Aquaman well Jackson fighting that Loch Ness monster he's stabbing the shit out of him um, and you got Black Manta and Jackson kind of you know basically doing the same thing attacking people using too much force you know because they're father and son you know trying to show a, a parallel um, more fish monsters fish monster breaks in tries to attack everything. Aquaman's like, Jackson, I thought you had the monster. He was like, you attacked it. So Orm does something to calm the monster down. They leave. Aquaman and Aquaman go after him and they beat shit out of him. And they arrest Orm. That's it. But then, oh yeah, and the, the Berkeley dude, whatever, he blows up. He blows up. Yeah, so it wasn't even a thing. Uh, <clears throat> Black Manna, the guy that he attacked, apparently just died on the spot. So he decided to take him and do an autopsy on him. You know, take him out to see exactly what the hell's going on. Uh, and, oh yeah, right here. Jackson gets a call on his Teen Titan phone. It is very crazy. You look at it, he got a Teen Titan cell phone. Just from uh, Raven, and basically they know what Black Manna is. So they go there, find Black Manna. Uh, Jackson walks in on him, and he sees, like, the body just, just carved up. He's like, what the hell you do? He's like, no, I was doing an autopsy. I didn't chop this guy up, just chop him up. I was trying to see what's going on with him. He thinking he killed the guy and he did like some obscene shit to him. So they fight, <laughs> you know. Like to have and, dinner. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, they fight. He's just like, look, boy, I said I didn't want to hurt you. That didn't mean I, I'm not going to hurt you. you like, get the hell off me. You know, and right before, you know, Jackson does some crazy shit, Arthur shows up and Arthur stops him. He's like, no, we need him. And to be continued. So, yeah. So don't really, really know what the hell's going on in this book. Some crazy. I'm pretty sure there's some shit that's going on that I don't know what's going on. But yeah. basically, Black Man and Aquaman team up together because you know I guess they're trying to they they're trying to redeem Black Manna, even though he's like this murderous asshole for like the last fifty years. They're trying to make him a good guy now or anti-hero, you know, whatever you want to call it. Basically, underwater Deathstroke or whatever. So yes, that's that's what's going on with that. So um, three point five out of five. I may stick with it. Stay with it. Like I said, it's the first issue, so you gotta, you know, you gotta feel your way around it. You know, you gotta because I am the keynote source. I don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah, like I said, it's Aquaman, and and it's funny. And there was some funny lines in there because, like, when the porter said, "And now coming to the rescue, Aquaman and Aquaman." Did I read that right? <laughs> you know, because they both call themselves Aquaman now, so just a whole bunch of Aquaman. So yeah, uh, yeah. What what you got next? I'll do Phoenix Song Echo. 
Nice. Uh, number five, the finale. Just five issues? That's it was kinda... just, of course, yeah, it was just five issues. That's I mean, gonna... six, six is a meaty, you know, um, what's going to call it? Not, you know, like a, a trade. A trade. You need five issues for a meaty trade. I, th- yeah. I think. That's my opinion. But yeah. yeah. Well, the trade will be five issues and then like 10 pages of crap. You know. Oh yeah, artwork and yeah. <laughs> and how important. Oh, that director's commentary where they yeah. reprint it, but it's all in black and white with no words. <laughs> yeah, and then how important this character is that no one gives a shit about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this has this is the story where Echo has the Phoenix Force. She acquired the Phoenix Force from that tournament in the Avengers run, thanks to Jason Aaron. So she spent this whole arc kind of trying to figure out the, how to use this Phoenix Force, but also being chased by the adversary, which is an old villain from like the X-Men lore. I actually went back and read that arc. Where, so they, there is a guy named the adversary? Yeah, we're like uh, with Forge and well, Storm and uh, that, yeah, and, and the Medicine Man, they go to the Grand Kids. really kind of corny. But, uh, uh, but yeah, it's an old X-Men uh, villain. And this villain is trying to steal the Phoenix Force from Echo. And he's going back in time to all her and killing all her ancestors, her historical ancestors, trying to basically erase her from existence and take the Phoenix Force. So she teams up with this guy named River and um, his power, he's a mutant. His power is he can go back into your ancestral timeline. So he takes, so it's basically days of future past on the res, you know? (laughs) She goes back and meets all her relatives, like in like, you know, her mom and dad, then goes back to the Cahokia, which is the old ancient native city and that's like in Illinois and um, meets her like the, 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 one of the first Phoenixes back then. And um, then she gets, she ends up in limbo, like some sort of dream world, like limbo, where she's uh, kind of like, get, she, she's, uh, she's kind of like all her desires is uh, being fulfilled. She's married to that river dude. She's a successful artist. She's not a superhero anymore. Everything's lovely. But then figures out in this issue, she figures out that it's all a dream and um, that she's got to take she's got to fight the adversary and destroy him before he erases her existence. So this, this one is where, yeah, they, they fight Forge shows up. He's been tracking her the whole time he shows up. So it's echo Forge, and this river guy against the uh, adversary and the adversary sort of uses everybody's past to haunt them. You know, River, that dude River's parents comes back and like because he's his hurt his parents died in a car crash and shit, and then Storm shows up. The hell? Fucking, okay, <laughs> that's random. With well, Forge because Forge used in Storm bang back in the day. Oh yes, right. They, they were an item, so she comes back and he she's fucking with Forge, but then Echo like goes back into the beginning of time of when the adversary was created, which is like the beginning of the universe, you know, when there was nothing, you know, back like when Null started. (laughs) So it's 
Echo versus the adversary, and Echo is like, uh, I mean, the adversary starts turning into like a spider. He's like a trickster, which I thought was kind of cool. But of course, Echo's the phoenix and like, you know, beats him up, destroys him, and sets everything right. Go, They all go back and everything's lovely. And River and Echo kind of hint that they're probably going to be an item. Forge says, I still, we still need to talk and get your powers under control and kind of resolve everything. You know, and it's kind of disappointing. Like, like this whole arc was kind of disappointing for me because I felt like it was so convoluted. But it's full of really cool ideas, you know. And I was, like, thinking about it. I was like, this could have been – they could have really pushed Echo's character and made this awesome if it wasn't just a five-issue arc. It's like they tried to cram this whole epic storyline into five issues. Right, yeah. like who does five issues? That's what I'm saying. Five issues is weird, you know. I know, it, like, because like the first issue, it started to me. I thought the first issue was cool because she's on the street. She just got the Phoenix Force. She's like burning up street thugs and shit. <clears throat> and and Electra shows up like, "Yo, man, you're too powerful. You got you can't be just, you know, you got to like be on the Avengers or something. You, you, you these are just street thugs. You can't just be like flaming everybody. You're gonna like destroy this whole fucking city." You know, mm-hmm. and that's when she leaves, you know, but like that, if they like broke this up into like a, maybe a 12 issue run or a 12 or, you know, like the first arc could have been just her on the streets, you know, trying to figure out the, the, the Phoenix force <clears throat> and then having all these heroes, her fighting Electra and like Luke Cage and all those New York Hell's Kitchen heroes, them trying to like, you know, container and then she leaves and then you know and then they could explore because they try to explore her past with their parents that's when she goes back to the reds and meets and you know here i'm trying to write a better story but (laughs) (laughs) i'm just saying this it felt like it needed more time to breathe you know and they just crammed it all this big epic storyline into this five issues and it just wasn't enough like like the battle between echo and the adversary it's basically the phoenix versus this cosmic entity and it's like one page, three panels. Right. You, know? you could have made a whole like epic splash <laughs> pages of some shit. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It's like, this is like a big epic space cosmic battle. And it's like one page long. I mean, so I think, yeah, I, I, I just wish they would give these native characters room to breathe, room to develop, you know, instead of just giving like same thing with the werewolf of night that had a lot of cool ideas, but they just crammed it into four issues, you know? And you don't get, yeah. get give it time to breathe. Let these characters grow and let, let us give a shit. It's kind of half-assed these stories. You know? Right. And, and, and that's the thing, Eli. Like, we don't have the, the biggest digital footprint online, thing like that, you know, as far as comic bullies. But I do think it is both of our jobs to hold these writers to task and hold them accountable on the characters they write, especially if they, you know, if they're supposed to be representing, you know, us yeah <laughs> we need to hold them to care they just can't just be just cranking out any kind of story just you know pat themselves in the back and say no we want good stories and we we we're holding your task and telling you what you need to do to make better stories yeah, or what it, people are expecting from you. yeah and this is written by indigenous writer she's a novelist rebecca roanhorse she's been writing for marvel lately you know mm-hmm. but she writes novels you know she right. writes books without pictures <laughs> you know mm-hmm. and i i think you know when you know writing a comic book there's a def- there's a different narrative and i think she had this big long story in mind and then was very limited on how you can tell it because that's what happened comic books are very limited on how you present your story 
And I think she just tried to cram this big, long story into this short span, the short issues. And yeah, it really needed to, I mean, either it should have been longer, give her more issues or choose one stage of this, choose just the New York shit and just had a really cool arc of her in New York fighting all the heroes and then saying, hey, you got to leave. You got to figure out how to use this power, you know? And then we have time to see her do shit, get to know her, you know, and see some cool shit, see some cool action, you know? Show her whipping Spider-Man's ass. Show her, you know, kicking all these heroes' asses, the Fantastic Four, you know? It could have been like that Hulk run where, you know, they got separated and every superhero on the planet tried to go contain the Hulk and they couldn't. You know, here I am again. I'm writing up, trying to write a story. <laughs> World <laughs> War know, Echo, you know, shit like basically that. Echo's got the Phoenix. She's like a god, you know. She could have been kicking the whole world's ass, you know. And I mean, Jean Grey had... ate a son. Yeah. So shit. That's a thing. Yeah. Something. Yeah, that's what we could have concentrated on just that, and then baby would have sold better, and or, you know, <laughs> whatever. Then, then we could explore this adversary storyline. You know, I don't know. I, I, yeah, but then again. You know, she's not, I mean, if she's not that popular a character, I think they're trying to push her because of the TV show, you know, but um, again, to my native comic fans, if, if we don't read it, they ain't going to write it. So, right. And so <laughs> you, you know, can't blame them if it don't sell. I mean, what, yeah. what, what do you expect, you know? So, I don't know. Uh, what, we'll see what we got here. Uh, I forgot Kevin's Creek Echo. He did, didn't he? No, that was, uh, it was right before or before. No, it was uh, David Mack created him. It was Joe Casada, and it wasn't the Kevin Smith one. I think it was right before he took over, or right after he took over. Gotcha. Um, okay. The Daredevil run, but it was David <laughs> Mack and Joe Casada. <laughs> okay. All right. So yeah, a book I'm going to do now is Hardware. I'll be honest with you. Out of all the milestone books, this is by far my least favorite book. So I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on it. Only reason I'm really doing it. Is because comics out suck so bad. At least I get to use another app. <laughs> so that's just, a good, <laughs> you know. So yeah, so that's what we got going on right now. So I'm gonna just let you know what's going on with hardware. Basically, what hardware has right now is that um, now I want to blink out on me. Oh yeah, so they're chasing him. I think he's in Japan right now, and his girlfriend is under indictment. But she made this big statement about how the guy. Yeah, she's doing a press conference right now, basically just saying that. You know, my boyfriend is innocent. His boss is the one that, you know, launched the, that Big Bang attack. You know, the Big Bang that gave all the Bang Babies the static powers and shit like that. He's saying, everybody's trying to blame it on, on hardware, but he's saying, no, his boss did it. You know, and, but nobody wants to get it. Matter of fact, they had me under surveillance the whole time. They they don't want me to tell you this information, but I'm going to tell you this information right now. That's the whole thing. He's like, oh, you stupid bitch. I'm going to take care of you, you know. Meanwhile, oh, not Japan. He's a Singapore. Uh, Singapore, not Japan. He's working on his thing, and anyway, he's in Singapore being held by another guy. That guy screws him over. The other guy that was working with Alba, he's like, "Look, man, they're coming for you. I was supposed to keep you here for twenty four hours, but that's twenty four hours up. They're coming for you right now." And he's like, "You stupid bitch!" And I'm like, "How, how stupid are you, Harvey? You're supposed to be smart, but you're stupid. You should have known this guy was going to screw you over, you know." But anyway, uh, he gets his hardware hardware on, you know. Uh, then the bad guys come for him. He puts his suit on. They're there, and he beats the shit out of everybody. And he's just like, you don't have to be scared. He's got to be like, no, this guy is way scared than you think he is. 
used to do black ops before he became you know this weapons manufacturer shit like that you know uh and then at the end i'm gonna just cut to the end oh yeah they send like three airstrikes at the base but they don't see what happened to him and some zombies go after his girlfriend at the end of the book the end so yeah uh, <laughs> zombies oh, shit. yeah zombie. I, I think they're zombies but I, I don't know or just might be mind control i don't know what they are uh like i said i don't really care too much for the hardware book but i gotta complete the set and dc universe give them technically give them away for free so i just kind of read them uh and, and especially since like hardware technically is like this whole big bang milestone shit kind of revolves around him he's just not that interesting that's the thing so but yeah uh yeah, whatever. Hold on. Before we'll, we'll, we'll let you go, who, who we got? Who we got? Who we got? The Black, the Black Iron Man. Yeah. I mean, you can do different Iron Man and, and still make it interesting. His thing, like, like I've been doing this whole Black History thing like that. I actually went back and read Riri's solo run. It was actually pretty good. Okay. Once Bendis got away from it, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so you can do an interesting black Iron Man metal person without doing Iron Man, but this shit just not interesting. Hell, the nineties one was interesting. That was the one with Dwayne McDuffie was just doing him, you know. But yeah, that's all I got. Uh what you what you got next? Uh this is my book of the week. My book of Ooh, the year. Oh, okay. What, what we got? Uh, the, book, of the year. book of the year, I guess. I mean, the year <laughs> started, one, but <laughs> yeah, this is, you know, one of my favorite books of last year. It's only been coming out um, very periodically because it's James Stoke and he is doing everything, writing, drawing, everything. Um, oh, he's Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, so this is Orphan and the Five Beasts. This is James Stokey's like ode to Kung Fu movies. Um, basically, it it's, follows the premise of the Five Deadly Venoms. A master gets his student to go after his five disciples who have corrupted his teachings and she, so she goes out trying to find each one in charge of these different styles she meets thunder thighs the dude with the legs who can like squash anything <laughs> with his legs i knew a chick named thunder thighs <laughs> yeah <That's no> <laughs> and then there's this one guy chopper tang he's a a cook but his his flesh has become infected and he's been feeding his own flesh he can like multiply his own flesh and become like have multiple arms and shit and he's the he's the master of the water fist or something i can't remember sorry but he's the master of like some kind of water palm strike or something but he can multiply himself multiply his limbs he cuts himself he cuts his own flesh off his body and he can regrow it like regenerate his flesh and he's been feeding his flesh to the popu to the to the town because he runs this cafe, he runs this restaurant, <laughs> and he's feeding the townspeople his own flesh, and they become infected like him. So in the last issue, she's fighting like the town zombies, and him, and he can like grow all these different arms, and it's crazy. Was this and book written before or after COVID? <laughs> I'm it was like... during. <laughs> this was like last year, but it was only coming out like every three four months it was like long spaces in between each each, each, yeah. each issue so it's been a like, while is this guy writing the wuhan virus or something what is he doing yeah <laughs> so she's this book is where she fights this guy and you know she's fighting the zombie guys and it turns out the zombie people big giant insects grow like come out of them so they like have like these bugs inside them and they rip themselves apart 
and and and, the, and you can see in this picture here, she's uh you know chopping them in half and chopping the body, chopping the insect. Crazy, visceral, gory art. It's awesome. I love it. <laughs> and um, so she fights, fights the fights these zombie bug people, and then starts. She has to fight the uh the 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 chopper guy. And she ends up, um, and of course, he's like throwing all his different, he's growing all kinds of arms, looking like a giant spider himself, you know, and she ends up using like a bag of flour to like, uh, it breaks it open. So the flour kind of fogs up the room, you know, so he can't see, but then the flour sticks to him. And then she throws a bunch of eggs on him. So the eggs stick to the flour. And then she throws a bunch of breadcrumbs on him. So she's like breading him. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then he's all breaded, and then she throws him into the vat of grease, <laughs> and, <laughs> and cooks him. Yeah. And cooks him. But look at this shit. Right before he dies, <clears throat> his hand comes out of the fucking grease, reaches out of the pot, grabs some salt, seasons himself, and <laughs> puts himself. Seasons himself. And then is this like a comedy book or something? Or? It's it's like it, it is. It's like a tr- it's trauma. It's kung fu. It's grindhouse. It's got everything. I I fucking love this book. Like I said, it was one of my favorite books from last year, and uh, it made my like top five of last year. So this and I, this is issue four. I hope it continues because this is awesome, you know. Um, but so this is my book of the week. This is five out of five. Art is crazy crazy detailed art very violent very gory just over the top cheesy campy it's like grindhouse kung fu you know so interesting okay double thumbs for me all right so i got one more book left and like i said since it's black history month i decided to do like an old school black history book that a lot of people don't know about and the one i'm going to do is the first appearance of john stewart the green lantern john stewart i'm going to do that one a lot of people don't know about this because I read the book. I'm like, oh, this book is fucking nuts. Got to remember, this is back in the 70s. Uh, John Stewart is the second black superhero on DC. Not the first. People see he's first. He's not he's the second. Black Black Lightning was the first. And that's why I realized there's a lot of black superheroes with black in the name in the 60s and 70s. You know, black Goliath. And we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, but yeah, that's going to right now. So the, you see the cover right now. You see how, uh, how Jordan knocked the fuck out. Uh, John Stewart just like, well, where do you get a load of me? Say, dig, buddy boy, partner, whatever, you know, giant turkey. All right. So anyway, let's get to it. Anyway, what we have going on here is that there is an earthquake uh, and how Jordan goes outside. He was doing his oath. He goes outside, see an earthquake, and he sees what's going on. And the whole ground is messed up. And he sees this guy, you know, walking down, trying to save this girl. But before he can save this girl, he gets hit by a bus. So it turns out the guy that got hit by a bus, he didn't know at the time, was Guy Gardner. So Guy Gardner got hit by a bus. He was like, oh shit, that's fucked up. So since Guy, and the thing is, Guy Gardner used to be like this good, nice, sweet guy. But the reason he became an asshole was because of that bus accident he just had that he just saw. So that's when he had brain damage, came back, became an asshole, and Batman had to punch him in the face. You know, what so that's where. This is 70 what? 71, three, something like that. I don't know. It's, it was 70 something. It's early 70s. Before my time, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so Guy Gardner, fuck it. But the thing is, Guy Gardner is Hal Jordan's Green Lantern backup. 
So the guardians decree that you got to have a backup for your backup. Because if you go down, we got nobody else to protect us. So you got to have somebody ready to go. So go find a replacement for uh, Guy Gardner. You're like, fine, I'll go find a replacement. But who? You're like, I'm going to tell you to go. You go to Detroit. They go to Detroit and they see the two dudes playing dominoes. And the police come over there and start harassing you. Like, you got to pack this shit up and move. And then this other guy comes out of nowhere, introduces himself as John Stewart. He's just saying, look here, officer. They don't need a permit to play dominoes. So how about, and you got a problem with them, why don't you just walk your ass around them? And then the police are like, why don't I, I, I ought to, you're like, well, go ahead. Because I don't think you man enough, even with your nightstick. Officer. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Was this Jim yeah. Kelly? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> so then they just walk off and, and have Joel like, wait, that guy? You want that guy to be my replacement? He was like, look, Hal Jordan, I know you're a bigot, but that guy is going to be the uh, Green Lantern <laughs> because he's fearless. You see how he stood up to the police? He is fearless. Yeah, he's fearless, but he's an asshole. You know, I don't care. I want him to be the next Green, Go- uh, Green Lantern, so recruit him and train him. So he's like, okay, fine. He go down there. So he talks to him. He's just like, look, I've been, I'm an architect, but I've been out of you know work for weeks. So since you want me to do this uh, job, fine, I'll, I'll be your black superhero. But I'm not going to be called a Green Lantern. I'm going to be called the Black Lantern. That's what we're going to call themselves. So they go to training. And how do tell, okay, so this is how you become the Green Lantern. You hold up the lantern, and you got to say the oath. In brightest day, in blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight. But let those who worship evil's might beware my power of Green Lantern's light. And John, John Stewart says, that's the corniest shit I ever heard. <laughs> you know, but, but I do like that part uh, beware my power I dig that yeah <laughs> so then he puts on the green so this is your outfit that you're going to wear and John Stewart looks at his outfit he's like look I ain't wearing no, I ain't wearing no mask because this black man lets it all hang out <laughs> I got nothing to hide so that we're only five pages in right now <laughs> uh, so like I said he's training them he, they fly over to this airport apparently there's like big time guys coming out the airport uh, so they go down there, but then this gas tank starts swerving and it almost hits the airplane. So he's like, look, John, I'm going to go rescue the people. You get the gas tank out of the out of airplane. He's like, cool. So you get the airplane, but he tilts it where it sprays oil on the person coming out of the airplane. And it's Senator Jeremiah Clutcher. So the thing is, John did that shit on purpose because the senator's like racist as shit. <laughs> So he wanted to spray it, and then he looks at it, and he says he got oil all his face. He like, man, haven't I seen you picking cotton somewhere? <laughs> you know, because oh, he got black. Yeah, <laughs> this is the seventies. This is the seventies. <laughs> so he just like, look, he's racist as hell. So I did this shit on purpose. He was like, you do that shit again, John Stewart, you're out of here. He's like, man, fuck you, man. You ain't gonna tell me what I'm gonna do. You know, he's like, uh. So anyway, they go on and do their thing. And he was like, and another thing, John Stewart, quit calling me Whitey. Because <laughs> he'd be calling him Whitey the whole time during the whole story. So, yeah, so he's having his big press conference. He's out there. And John Stewart's like, man, why are we protecting this guy? I don't even like this guy. Like, I don't really care what happens to him. So, and then this dude comes out, die, cracker, you know, and shoots him, but it's a blank, you know. So, John, you know, how Jordan goes save him. And John, like, go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to chill right here. You know, uh, so Hal Jordan catches the guy doing all those things like that, and he smacks him, beats him up, shit like that. Meanwhile, there's a sniper on the roof about to pop the guy, you know. And but John Stewart spotted him, and he's like, Okay, Hal Jordan, the reason what I was doing is because I knew that guy gun had was a blank because I spotted that sniper on the roof. I know they wanted you to think it was that guy because if it was a black guy doing that shit. 
it was going to be this big ass race war and put that guy in the office because we make like a, a assassination attempt on him from a black guy. That's what they were doing. So he was like, oh, well, I, I misjudged you, John Stewart. You're actually a good guy. Like I told you. So that story. Yeah. So, yeah, this is in the 70s. No, so only style important anymore than my color. So, yeah, this is uh, a so very this 70s. Before, would this was before the hard traveling heroes or what? This is doing the hard traveling heroes. Two issues before this, Speedy was on crack or heroin or whatever the hell he was on. So, yeah. So, this is the whole run. This is the beginning of it. And then, like, the second half of the issue is Green Arrow uh, fighting a an apartment tenant or some shit. So yeah, it's, it's all the same thing. Uh, bronze age comics. Yeah, this is <sighs> Eli. We can complain about how they writing uh, stories nowadays, you know, with people of color, but to be honest with you, they came a long way. <laughs> <laughs> it could, it could be worse. <laughs> They're trying. They, uh, I hate to say it, but they, they've improved. <laughs> So yeah, this was rough. Uh, John Stewart with some. Honestly, uh, the other John stories, John Stewart stories I read after this weren't as weren't this. <laughs> he felt like more like a regular person that actually had a personality. It wasn't just uh, something they just watched out of a black exploitation movie. You know, uh, he seemed like an actual character, so they actually came a long way with it. Funny thing about it, the whole military background thing that wasn't in the comics originally. That actually came from the Just League Unlimited cartoon. They made him a ring, and then they went back in the comics and added it later on. So yeah, uh, yeah. Control. yeah, it's a uh, woo. Yeah, that's why I had to review this book. I like this. This book is rough, man. <laughs> Dolomite Lantern. <laughs> <laughs> Sage I, Turkey. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that's all I got. Uh, you, you got any more books, man? Or no, I'm booked out. Okay. Uh, hopefully, we will finally have a podcast where both of us 100. percent <laughs> and we're not damn near dying to do the podcast. I like the military man from the cartoon. Yeah, the, the cartoon. Uh oh, there's a I was gonna review another book with John Stewart. So in the 80s, John Stewart did some bullshit. We actually blew up a planet by accident. And he felt so guilt tripped by it. In the comic, he almost blew his head off, like almost killed himself. Like he was gonna commit suicide until Martian Manhunter walked in the room. But Martian Manhunter didn't try to stop him. He's like, well, why don't you do it? Go ahead, blow your head off. Yeah, he was because he blamed him for blowing the planet up too. I like this book is what the fuck, man. So yeah, John Stewart did some shit. That's man. where Zack Snyder got his all his ideas. <laughs> right. I was like, what the fuck, man? But yeah, that's that's the decent that's some wild shit that's going on in these books. But yeah, like I said, if you listen this long, definitely like, share, subscribe. Like I said, uh next week we're gonna do the Batman. Uh it's gonna be Eli's favorite movie. I'm calling it now. It's gonna be his favorite movie of the year. <laughs> If I if it's not your favorite movie, Eli, well, let me see. What am I gonna do? I'm gonna eat a taco. <laughs> I'll eat a taco. If it is not your favorite movie of the year, I will eat a taco on on camera. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's like only I said, February, man. So that's that's that that's the that that's the strong bet. <laughs> it, it's it's setting the bar. It is setting the bar. It is gonna be your favorite movie. I guarantee it. <laughs> do you like the movie more than I will? I guarantee it. Uh, and yeah, just want to also say we're doing a rest in peace. Want to say rest in peace to Snooty Wild, a Memphis rapper. Uh, like I said, some shit went down this weekend, had some music, so I played some of his music on the on the end credit scene. But until then, this is Leroy, this is Eli, and we'll talk to you next week. Same bully time, same bully channel. Hey.
me creeping with your damn whole lit. Service swerving on the highway and I'm doing about it. I can see no haters talking, but they do not fix. So I done got it out the mud. That's that shit that made. That's that shit that made. That's that shit that made. I done got it out the mud. That's that shit that made. That's that shit that made. That's that shit that made. I done got it out the mud. That's that shit that made. That shit that made me. I done ate up out that mud and it tastes like gravy. All I try to do is 54 into a baby. All I wanna do is 54 to feed my baby. See, I know these niggas watching and these niggas hate me. Cause I came from nothing, nigga. Now this kid done made it. See me pulling in the projects and annihilator. See, yo, I can't do your eater like annihilator. Chop a chop a nigga dead and make him percolate. Real chopping down the block just like a Creeping with your damn old lit. Service swerving on the highway and I'm doing about it. I can see no haters talking, but they do not fix. So I done got it out the mud. That's that shit that made it. That's that shit that made it. That's that shit that made it. I done got it out the mud. That's that shit that made it. That's that shit that made it. That's that shit that made it. I done got it out the mud. That's that shit that made it. With my mob and it's so amazing. Honey, bitchy, twenty. All I see is paper. Smoking on Jamaica. You get wrong, you meet Jamaica. Popping bottles. Shout out to my haters. You my motivator. That's why we be motivated. All this water. All black like them Raiders. Running in your shit. We ain't gonna quit until we take it. Only if you know. Creeping with your damn old lit. Service swerving on the highway and I'm doing about it. I can see no haters talking, but they do not fix. So I done got it out the mud. That's that shit that made it. That's that shit that made it. That's that shit that made it. I done got it out the mud. That's that shit that made it. That's that shit that made it. That's that shit that made it. I done got it out the mud.